By staying home, you can not only protect your health and that of those around you, but ensure that our healthcare professionals and our healthcare systems can focus on those who need their help. Hello and welcome to Corona Movie Club, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, so we have a schedule of movies and we're all going to watch them independently in our own socially isolated homes and then three times a week we're going to get together over the internet and talk about them just like your mom's old book club used to do. Um, except now there's nothing old about it because it's all over the internet and we're all social isolating so that we don't help spread the coronavirus around the universe. Um, so we have people from all over North America who are participating and there's going to be different people on each call from the uh, core group. And so every episode, I'm going to come in and introduce the film that we're going to be watching, as well as the names of the people that are going to be on that week's call or that episode's call, because we're going to be doing this three times a week. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Let's go to the movies. It's something to do. Today's film is The Godfather, the one and only... The Godfather, uh, which is funny to say because people like The Godfather 2 a lot. So to say the one and only is kind of a, but you know, The Godfather, guys. I mean, 1972, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, it's one of, among the most famous films in the history of the world, if not the most famous film in the history of the world. Um, it's often talked about as the best film in the history of the world, and you will hear us break down why we think that is and maybe some of the problems with that perception and what that says about how we assess prestige filmmaking. Um, you know, as always happens with Corona Movie Club, which is a, a bit of a contrarian body, um, we recognize what's special about this movie and maybe think there's room in the discussion for um an idea that maybe it's not perfect so but it's a really interesting conversation you'll hear susan bond talk about she'd never seen this movie um and then going back and seeing it sort of so late uh realizing all of the many 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 uh cultural references that are references to the godfather that she's never really known are references to the godfather because she'd never seen the godfather and in retrospect she's like oh that's what that joke is um mainly talking about the gangsters on the simpsons among other things um godfather comes up a lot in you've got mail weirdly which is a movie we did a few weeks ago you can go check out that recording as well um so i hope you enjoy our discussion of you know the most famous movie ever so I didn't rewatch it because I have only seen it once and I think I watched it too young. Um, I sort of watched it like old enough to understand it, but not like an adult yet. And I certainly like didn't know things about film yet. Yeah. Um, and I remember like, I have a real problem with a three hour movie, which was the main reason I didn't rewatch it. Three hours and really, really, really serious are two things I don't appreciate. Yeah. Um, all dramas need, I just only really believe in dramedies, like comedies without drama and dramas without comedies are both inherently in like dishonest to me. And so a three hour drama about the mob, which is another thing I'm like, so t especially I felt this very strongly watching the Irishmen this year. I'm like, why are we still making movies about the mob? Why are, why are these white men so obsessed with the mob? Who cares? Who cares? It's not an interesting thing. So I just kind of, <laughs> 
And I also have my inherent, like anything that everybody calls the best I hate naturally or argue against. So my understanding of the Godfather is that it is sort of like objectively a very good movie. What to call it bad would be crazy. Like, you know, it's my standard line about the wire, you know, um, it's a good movie. It's very technically impressive. The score is amazing. Um, I'm interested to hear what you think was like the Kelly thing in the movie, because while I did not rewatch it, I do not have fond memories of it. Um, so I just kind of opted out this week. I just wasn't, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I thought, well, you know what? I talk too much on these things anyway. I can just come and facilitate the thing and let other people discuss this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I generally am sort of eh about it. So That's the why. thing the thing I thought you would like is that there's character development. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty basic. I don't. That's not important for me in a movie, but I I now like watch for it. <laughs> for okay, you. so I mean that's so funny though. <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say like um, you know themes of true service or a really strong platonic friendship or like one of the like Kelly things. Character development is really something that should be an everyone thing. We right, you think that. Whereas I consider it optional. Okay. So yeah, like I, I do think a lot of our prestige films have are really, really plot focused um, and occasionally theme focused. Yeah. And they, they don't consider things like relationships and characters to be as important. And I could go on and on about how I think that that is inherently tied to our notions of prestige and how that folds into our gender preconceptions and blah, 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 blah. However, it is a, it is a thing that um, most prestige films are very plotty and rarely have the sort of depth of character and certainly relationships just get nothing. There's nothing there. And like human emotion, not a thing. Um, so like I'm intrigued. Okay. Mm. I fell asleep. Me. I wasn't. Re- I will admit, I am not in a position to actually genuinely critique the Irishman. <laughs> so bored and so resentful of it as a it's thing sad. that existed that I I couldn't process it clearly enough to, in good faith, critique it. I was so annoyed by its existence. I think it's a good thing to perhaps compare to Godfather, which is. Like, obviously what it's inspired by from, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, in The Irishman, it's about just this guy's life kind of being, a, getting into the mob and just kind of doing his job and then just questioning it a little bit. Um, whereas The Godfather, it's more of a, it's a family thing. It's about loyalty. It's about friendship. Um, and it's about being... Uh, pushing away from what the family is and then actually becoming the family and which is the arc that actually does happen. So it's kind I mean, of one character arc. I think it's a line from, it might be from part three, but isn't like the famous line that encapsulates what the Godfather is, is I thought I was out and they pulled me back in. Yes. That line does not appear in this movie. I have never seen, I had never seen a Godfather movie before. Like I've watched mob movies. So this was very interesting. It's super interesting to watch the Godfather, like 39 years into watching movies and (laughs) having lived through the nineties Simpsons, uh, because (laughs) it is so foundational. Yeah. Uh, Like I recognized so much about it. Um, 
like nothing was really a surprise. Hmm, that's not true. I didn't know what the plot of the movie was. But, no, but like the big surprise, like the big moment everyone talks about being so shocking is something that's so in the cultural consciousness that like you yeah. thought. Yeah. yeah, like I'm like, oh, this this guy who's not got a good relationship with guy has this really expensive horse. I wonder if something <laughs> happened. Like, um, yeah, and it's a weird scene that they kind of, it's a very short little scene in the, um, what's it called? Stables? Uh, yeah. With the horse. So you're like, okay. Like that, that scene you know is coming. Like I, I knew that was coming, but I haven't seen this movie, the full movie. Um, but like just that little cut of the, the horse thing, I'm like, oh, okay. That's also a technical movie making thing too, yeah. right? Like we're like, okay, you said 39 years. I'm just going to assume that's the right number. Like 39 years ago, the sort of tropes of filmmaking hadn't been as, like they were obviously established, but they weren't so familiar that now what we're getting is people specifically not doing them because they need to retain a, some element of surprise. But certainly back then you had to set up things that were going to like you know you had to show the gun if you were going to let the gun go off and so every time something like that happens like why are we at the stables there's no reason for us to be at the stables <laughs> i bet something bad happens to this horse it's sort of what the educated <laughs> film goer bring, yeah. bring us because otherwise why are you there um but 39 years ago that might have been different and i should say i said 39 because i'm 39 the movie is older than that <laughs> oh I didn't do math on how old the movie is. 70s? I have the uh, IND. I don't know. Guys, I didn't 72, do 72, just, 72. So 48 years. Okay, that's longer than 39. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I set up the Zoom call. I actually should stop talking because what I did for the episode <laughs> was I set up the Zoom call. <laughs> that was my contribution. So well, talk amongst yourselves. I'm just okay. going to Well, on, on the point of like setting up a moment or setting up a, a big thing, like, the whole when he goes to Sicily and mm-hmm. um he's he gets this relationship and like has a wedding with this person's family, which I thought their family was part of the like this other family was part of the mob too. I, I don't know if that if it, they have the same same name or something. But it was irrelevant, it seemed. But they set up this whole thing. I'm like, we didn't we didn't really need to see him like get to like uh fall in love with her or anything like that like we could have just came in sicily and he's already married with a girlfriend like we didn't need to get the setup but the setup is needed because of what happens yeah spoilers uh his wife gets blown up in a car (laughs) um which is a which was a shocking moment to me well like Mm -hmm. you you do see it coming just like just before it happens yeah like you see, like he sees it coming. You see it coming, but um, that's sort of a shocking moment. But then he like kind of goes back with his other girlfriend, which is kind of is it, yeah, it's the other than like new wife. There was the first time they cut, or the first time it became clear he was going to marry the Sicilian. I, I turned to the person I was watching the movie with, and I was like, "Does he? I wonder if we're ever going to see that wasp woman again, yeah. <laughs> like his old Diane girlfriend. Keaton. I wonder if she comes back." And then the next scene was her going to talk to the family and be like, give this note. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Yeah. He knew, they knew I'd think that. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of you had ever seen this before? No. Not all the way through. I think I saw the first half hour before. Oh, okay. So I saw the, the whole wedding, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and right. It's like the longest first sequence yeah. ever. Um, half hour, yeah. The, okay, so here's my question. 
un, sort of we talked about um, Citizen Kane in a very similar vein and to touch on something that Susan had mentioned before like how did you feel seeing this film for the first time about its reputation as you know depending on who you ask the quote-unquote greatest film of all time right like there's there's slightly different lists but oftentimes the godfather gets talked about in that way um how did you feel about sort of the weight of expectations and then also the weight of all the culture that came after it because while i think that quote is from the godfather 3 the one i mentioned i'm pretty sure i know i know i know for a fact that i know it because i quote it all the time in the sopranos which is like one of those major cultural things that came about because the godfather happened um so how do you guys feel about that sort of like weight of cultural importance it is wild watching that movie and knowing like specific shots but not knowing why you knew them or like the first time Sonny started talking I laughed for like 10 minutes because one of those two Simpsons mobsters is like the Simpsons mobsters are clearly based on them (laughs) and I could always tell the Simpsons mobsters were based on something but I didn't know what the reference was so the entire process of watching the movie I was like oh that's what that reference is oh that's what that reference is Um, I do think, and I often found myself thinking that it was really technically amazing, particularly uh, with my, in terms of my understanding of the period, like things were really like specific and kind of artful. Um, And so I definitely understand why it was considered one of the best movies. I also understand why it really, really appeals to young men who are not comfortable um, in their masculinity. It is one of the malest movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like to the degree that I would, I would argue that none of the women in it are characters. They're all either set or plot. Um, but uh, I see like it's, I understand that and why it is good uh, while also seeing why it appeals more to some <laughs> people than to others. Yes, I, I agree with uh, all of that. And mainly the, like, I think the, it's based off a, a novel, mm-hmm. um, but um, I don't think the story is worth being called, like, the best story ever. And so I, I don't know how you could make this the best film ever because of just what the story is. But the direction is very, it's, it tells the story very well. It's very clear. I think everything is pretty even though it's three hours, I think it's a pretty tight film in terms of what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, like novels are, take more than three hours to read. So um, I guess it makes sense that it's three hours in that, if you think about that. But um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's technically great. I think it's a great film to see and to maybe study just storytelling. But uh, in terms of, character development like there's some of it but it's not it's nothing special um it's nothing to it's not like a a masterwork um uh yeah i i wouldn't say it is the best film of that era (laughs) i do think that it uh it has more it has a lot of uh cultural weight and i wonder if it did immediately because uh, I found myself reflecting on the like weird sort of torch handoff from uh, Brando to Pacino as like the like heartthrob method American actor 
um, I, fe I felt that quite, quite palpably actually. Um, and so I wonder if it, I wonder if that is only visible in retrospect or if it was as obvious when it came out, because Brando was clearly like heading out the door. Yeah. Um, and I, th I think Pacino's performance is great. And like so many of the performances in this movie, not the sort of performance that I expect from him now, everything's so controlled and reserved. Mm. Yeah. And I like, so like the, I think the best shot in the movie is that really slow zoom in on him as he decides to join the family essentially, or it explains how he's going to, it was very moving. And I was like, that's when I think of Al Pacino, I think of like, like yeah. screaming and flailing, right? Like, it's so interesting to see. And I, I wonder if that's direction or I wonder if that's youth and not thinking he can get away with it. Um, so I'm very fascinated by that. I think I, I that think Al Pacino is one of those people who it kind of seems like he died and was replaced by a body double at some point because <laughs> his style is totally unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I, I think of today... Al Pacino's one of those actors who every time I see him in anything, I'm like, guys, Al Pacino's a really bad actor. And then all the people who love The Godfather say, are you kidding me? He's the greatest <laughs> actor of all time. And it's because they watch and rewatch and rewatch this one thing, which is an amazing performance. And that's something I remember from seeing it was just like, wow, this is an amazing performance from this totally other person who has no relation to Al Pacino <laughs> in any way. <laughs> because it's not the same thing it's like it's like post like scarface happened and then al pacino's like you know it was like that was a turning point yeah um there was another movie around this time that he did uh oh I forgot what it's called he he's like a he's ho holding people hostage or something i forgot what that movie was and he's on the street yelling at cops to back away and all that stuff I forgot what that movie is, but that's around the same era. I'm not sure if it's before or after this movie, but that's more Al Pacino that we remember, I think. <laughs> Whereas this is not. I'm just comparing it because it's around the same era. Oh, so maybe it's just uh, Coppola is amazing. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe it's just Coppola knows how to. Because I I find the same thing about um oh what's his name the one who plays the lawyer. That's not a good way of describing. I have all the names up here. The lawyer. Oh, uh, Tom Hagen, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. Yeah. <laughs> I think of Robert Duvall as like not a super restrained actor too. Uh, not, ne not nearly to the scale that Pacino is, but so both of them like watching, I guess that's not true. I guess <laughs> Robert Duvall as like having like the lid on the intensity all the time. And Pacino is never having the lid on the intensity, <laughs> being both of them with the lid on. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. also so, something does happen when your like first major films are considered legendary they're, yeah. they're almost it's like becomes like chasing a legend and you try and you try harder and harder and harder and then i think i can like understand yeah. theoretically how things might get bigger as yeah. you go along and it kind of ruins it um that's maybe giving him a little too much credit but that could that's my best theory yeah is to try to apply human psychology to al pacino dog day afternoon was the movie i was talking about which yeah. is uh, three years later Ah, uh, I have but never seen that. I this era of film is not my strong suit at all. It wouldn't be. They're very long. <laughs> I like I long. like a movie that takes. I feel the same way about a play. I like it to take as long as it needs, and often that should be a tight ninety. But sometimes it's four hours. See, I <laughs> I think it should take as long as it deserves, and those are two <laughs> different things. 
So like, for example, I yeah. never complain about long day's journey into night as long as it's well performed. I never complain about angels in America unless it's Al Pacino. I never, you know, like, um, I'm a TV person, not a film person. So I, should, I don't have a problem with length. It's that I find so many movies specifically don't have the story need. And so like you're saying that this one does, and I just probably, I just didn't rewatch it. So like, I don't know. One of the reasons I didn't rewatch it is I just didn't have three hours of sadness in me. <laughs> um, but, uh, and if it was shorter, I might've been able to sign up for three hours of sadness, but while actually watching it, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it being three hours is a detriment to the film the way I do think it is a detriment to the Irishman. Um, Wolf of Wall Street would be better if it, was, if it was half an hour shorter. It would be 10 times the movie it is. Things like that. Like I find that specifically from prestige directors, oftentimes um, it is to the detriment of the movie that it is so long. And the story they had didn't deserve that much length. Um, you know, the one, the example I always think of is Brokeback Mountain is a 20 minute, 20 minutes too long and it's <laughs> a short story and it's a short story, not a novel. So just make a short story movie, not a short movie, but like a 90 minute or, you know, a um, Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That was one book that they made three, movies. like, you know, how much story you have and tell and take that amount of time. And I find that a lot of filmmakers, and it's always freaking drama filmmakers, sometimes fantasy, but like it's never comedy people, except for Adam Sandler and Judd Apatow had like the era of like weirdly long movies. But for the most part, people in sort of more fun genres um, know to not take extra time, but it's this idea of just like you somehow deserve four hours of my time. You have to earn it. Cause if you know, I don't have a problem with Annie Baker taking four hours of my time because she earns it every single time. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a valid criticism of the Godfather. It was just a deterrent for me in this particular case. You definitely have to be in the mood for this movie. Yes. Um, like, yeah, I, I think the first time I watched it, I only watched the first half hour because I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't in the mood to watch it. And like, Three hours. Yeah, I'll this admit I was hours. watching Queer Eye. That's yeah. what I had. That's what I had the spirit for this week. Right. Yeah. Queer Eye, and so that's See, what I I'm lucky because I got through all of Queer Eye already. <laughs> so I, I only was able to watch it because I watched it on the weekend. Because that is, I, I thought it was cruel to assign it on a week on a school night. That was also a <laughs> right. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. this movie is only going to work on a Saturday for me. There is no world in which I watch this on a weeknight or on a Sunday. It's See, a nice, nice and fresh for me. I don't think of I don't think of that kind of thing because my <laughs> like mon- Mondays and Saturdays and what yeah. Thursdays like it's all sort of a jumble to me. Um, so I kind of forget sometimes um, that it's a Wednesday and other people can't do things on Wednesdays. I don't know. I also don't think I would want to see it all again. Like, <laughs> you um, want to watch a clip show? Like I'm like I'm good with what I saw. I'm happy with it. I. I don't need to see it again. Um, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it to others, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's the rewatch quality is like I don't I don't think it it's there. Well, because we've yeah. seen so many bits of it so many well, times. Right? Yeah, like, there's that too. Not, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just sort of like take putting the pieces together into. A whole but sometimes thing. you want to be put on that journey, journey again, or you just yeah, you just want to be taken on on a journey or something. But uh, that one, I'm just like, meh. It's I don't Here's need. A- it question that comes from my general resentment towards our conception of uh, prestige film. Did you find it moving or did you just find it intellectually stimulating? I found parts of it moving. I definitely found the moment 
where he decides to change his mind and like go hard for the life. I found that moving for sure. Okay. Yeah. His connection to his father to really turn him into the mobster that he, that he becomes like just his love for his family, like that, that connection. And um, how sad his father was when he found out what had happened. Like yeah. That was a weird moment. I, I wasn't sure what Brando was thinking there. Like what, what the portraying was, was he happy? Was he sad? Was he like, I wasn't actually sure what that yeah. moment was. Um, if he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm glad my son fought for me or something, but it, it did end up, having negative consequences yeah so yeah how do you feel about brando in this movie he's it's he's <laughs> it's a good performance but he's also really doing a thing you know the weirdest thing in the whole movie is when he is awake for the first time and out of bed and he walks into the screen into the frame from another room and he's uh lit so that you can't see anything about him at his outline and you see his friggin jaw and you know that that is Marlon Brando <laughs> I was like wow I didn't even know that guy was out of bed but there is no mistaking that that head from behind uh that's my number one impression is that it's very it I think it is relying on the Brando-ness of Brando a little bit like I think it's I think it's sitting on sitting on the uh, the actor like, that's not his jaw, right? Like, that's not what Brando looks like. There's something going on. He has something in his cheeks or something. I, yeah, he right. stuffed something in his yeah. cheeks. Yeah. 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 But, like... I, I, I don't think it enhances... Lie. I don't think it enhances anything, uh, ultimately. Um, it might make him that sort of, like, Bond villain type thing. Like, they all have something weird about them. Like, there's something there... That's another thing that's totally lifted from this movie, I think. The cat thing. Like and... the cat. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, Dr. Evil's cat is 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, well, mm-hmm. that, so that's what that I'm mentioning. Like, I feel like this movie, Al Pacino is such a person, like a real person, yeah. like a yeah. human being. Yeah. And no one else is. Yeah. So, do you. It, I, I uh, guess that must be purposeful. Robert Duvall, t- I think, is also a pretty good right. Yeah. Like, okay, um, so that's Brando. <laughs> yeah. that's, I'm holding up pictures of, like, actual Brando. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, streetcar, how... like streetcar, dreamboat Brando. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or even this one. This is an older Brando, but still, like, you know, Brando. He's still got a lot of jaw, though. It's not as much as it is in The Godfather. But I mean, I would say he has a strong mouth, though. jaw, yeah. not a gigantic jaw. <laughs> Fair. But I think it's part of the weird handoff of, like... Um, I am no longer handsome. Here, Al Pacino, you be handsome now. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, you be be the the handsome actor, the handsome American Oh, yeah, yeah. Make me look uglier. Like, make me look uglier. I I shouldn't be attractive in this role, perhaps. Like, that's... That's the but thing. it's not Maybe just attractiveness. It. It's yeah. the voice. It's the whole, it's the cat. It's the whole deal. <laughs> it's like so very. And am I thinking that because so many cartoonish things have been based on this performance, or like Doctor Claw in uh, Inspector Gadget, which is actually <laughs> what I thought of when I saw the cat. Oh yeah, for sure. I forgot about Inspector Gadget. You're absolutely right. Like it's it's just this this film has sort of so consumed our cultural consciousness. Yeah. Like maybe more so than like 
pretty much you know wizard of oz is up there but there aren't a lot of films that are like this prevalent yeah yeah and this just tells you that there's a lot of male directors yes white male directors yeah yeah, who all have exactly the same taste we're so yeah exactly that we need more variety up there i I really do wonder that because like yes there's like demographic issues when it comes to that of like we don't need this many straight white male actors or directors however it's the fact that they all have identical taste that really throws me. It's the consensus of it all. Like, why? Like, I know lots of straight white men whose favorite movie is, like, you know, broadcast news or, you like, you've got mail or whatever, right? Like, Ruby Sparks. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Tons of them, actually. The Truman Show, that's, like, a relatively popular one. But, like, why with the identical like what's with this consensus of like this is the greatest movie of all time cool is it 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 is cool cool. it is cool and i wonder if is that like the lack of emotionality that sort of removed factor is it the color tone that like sepia thing that's happening (laughs) it's being in a gang it's about a brotherhood um, it's very about it's it's very about masculinity too like it's the text not just the (laughs) not just the contents right it's about like what being a man is. power getting you the women i don't know Ugh. Yeah. so it's responsible for all the bad shit <laughs> <laughs> like it's destroyed our lo- sort of like uh my it's girl destroyed the, the bees we're going to decide <laughs> throwback the godfather <laughs> destroyed the world <laughs> yeah. it's a represent- representation of what the world was then and is now Uh, i just couldn't take it i just (laughs) i'm glad you guys watched it i'm i'm my decision not to rewatch it is not an indictment of it i just i didn't have it in me i understand i also didn't watch to all rewatch to all the boys of love before if that helps and that's a much easier watch um but i'm just i yeah (laughs) i rewatched uncut gems for this Oof, that and was really rough. and I really didn't want to. I was like, oh, it's been two or three weeks, but I really want to critique it the bad way I want to. Well, Uncut <laughs> Gems want... is tricky because like yeah. it's so fresh and yeah. it's so like the people who loved it loved it so hard that you almost want to arm yourself as much as yes. possible to yeah. be able to argue with them. Whereas I have no real desire to argue against the Godfather. I, you know, I've spent so much of my life. I have this not anti wire, but this like calm down about the wire stance. And because I've had this stance, I have had to spend so much of my life talking about this stance yeah. And it's exhausting. <laughs> so I don't want to come out hard against the Godfather. It just doesn't sound like a fun way to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, it can be a thing that Susan and Virgo have opinions on. <laughs> and I'm just going to ask them a bunch of questions about whether, in fact, it's good. In fact, <laughs> it's good. Yes, it does. It is one of it's like one of the inarguables. But within the inarguable, let's all reach the consensus of it's a good movie. Now what is sort of my opinion on the greats? Yeah, that score it's, though. It's, it's very it's very Shakespearean mm. too. I would say this this film very Shakespearean, like the revenge kind of like this is just like that the revenge entertainment type mm. of thing that's going on. Um, which which is the main entertainment per- perhaps of it is uh, just 
the mobster quality of it, um, even though underlying is just the family drama, perhaps. I hate mobster stories. Like, I think The Sopranos is a really special show, but I just am so bored of mobsters. I don't care about the mobsters. Like, why? They're all villain. They're not, they're not good people, generally. <laughs> yeah, what was interesting about The Sopranos was the way that it, like, discussed the idea of can someone be a good person and what can the can the audience believe in them and what how do we make excuses for bad behavior and like that was kind of what it was about it was like a commentary on our cultural obsession with bad guys and mobsters and that sort of thing like it, it I do have a hard time with I think that's what this cool was cool and therefore I think that's what this movie was too though it didn't it didn't comment on on it too much like they didn't question stuff themselves but they had a code they they had like the mobsters meddle together they were trying to be diplomatic after two sons have died in two different families so there's like this code that happens and then when someone breaks it uh then it's an excuse to kill more people um so still they end up they're still mobsters like there's the the, uh result is always uh criminal Tell me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember one of the things I did like about this movie is that it's treated with real sadness, the fact that Michael ends up back in. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. what, I, that's what I was saying. That's... That was the other thing that I found moving was yeah. when uh, Papa wakes up and realizes that Michael has made that choice. Yeah. I think that from a point of view thing... If you treat the Michael's journey with real sadness, mm-hmm. it undermines the mobsters are cool thing, which I think maybe might be less a thing in The Godfather and more a thing in the reaction to The Godfather and therefore the things that came after The Godfather. I, I, I like all the people who there. misunderstood what the fight, what fight Club is about and then made their <laughs> own movies um, or misunderstood what The Matrix was about and then made their own movies. <laughs> Like that's I, maybe the, yeah, more the issue. I, not the Godfather's problem. Yeah, I think Coppola has that message there. It's just too subtle for a lot of people <laughs> to catch it. Like it is. Um, like Diane Keaton is the is the his wife ends up being his final wife, um, or I, they don't get married yet. I don't know what happens there. Um, but uh, kids. I think they must be married. Yeah, because they're very Catholic. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but at the very end, like the very beginning is them talking about like my, my father kills people, but I'm not like them. Yeah. And then later on, she's asking him, did you kill your sister's husband? Um, and he lies. And then she accepts it for a moment. And then other people come into the room while she's out of it and the door gets closed on her face basically Mm -hmm. and we the last image i believe is her of her her face being like no he's one of them now he's the top so you're what you're saying is i think obviously making it more obvious coppola's criticism of this world would make the film worse but by not making it obvious enough he's risked people just thinking it's cool um I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the audience's fault. Okay, but this is this was an interesting <laughs> conversation I remember having with Cat Sandler when Bright Lights came out. Mm, Have you both I saw seen that. Bright Lights? Okay, I saw it, yeah. Bright Lights for anyone listening uh, was a play. It was like a funny 
comedy about a self-help group or self-help group who, who of people who'd been abducted by aliens. But the whole thing was sort of a, an, an analogy for um, larger issues. But it was one of those Ray things. Where, yeah, if you want to spoil it, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, it came around, came out sort of after the Gomeshi thing and all that stuff. But it's one of those, it's never explicitly stated, but I came away from it feeling like, oh, that was absolutely unmissable. But then about half the people I spoke to completely didn't, they were just like, that was fun. And just it went totally over their heads. And then this conversation for like a year afterwards became like, okay, if she rewrites it, does she make it more explicit? It makes it a worse play, but to not, to not understand it means you're not seeing the play for as good as it actually is. Hmm. And it's sort of this weird thing. And I, I generally would prefer that Coppola not make it more explicit, but I do think that we've had this whole sort of like, cultural phenomenon that's followed the godfather that really was started with the godfather of just mobsters are cool they're like as susan was talking about like the ideal of manliness and all that nonsense and like you know how um uh there's a responsibility yeah like all a bunch of guys think don draper's cool and that always like freaked john ham out <laughs> he was like, every time someone on the street came up to him, it was like don draper's my idol he'd be like i'm scared of you now i'm leaving yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know is it is it is it artists responsibility in some way to make sure their work is understood or is can you just put out what you put out and if bad consequences come from people misunderstanding your work eh. i i think if if a lot a majority of people misunderstand it you can clarify that publicly um <laughs> afterwards um but i think it's like get coppola on twitter you, you also have like, to this like is what the godfather's about guys yeah you'll, you also have to imagine that your audience is intelligent <laughs> that's true it would be a what? worse film if it was more obvious is the trick yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not super subtle like it's not obviously it's not blatant but it's not hidden it's not hard to find like yeah. you're looking for <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like i've i've heard about writers talk about a perspective in, in their writing and just how sometimes we go along the story with the one perspective and at the very end we finally get someone else's perspective and it completely changes the whole idea of what you saw mm-hmm. um, so that's sort of what I think was done here but even though like she stood she had a build-up uh, I think she had a few things in between there she had like a beginning middle and end if you will but there it's still five minutes of an arc of her <laughs> over oh, Diane Keaton yeah, like like she she has the little wedding scene and then she has the little letter scene and then uh the scene at they the end. They have a date in the hotel where they're having lunch and one of them sitting on a bed or having dinner and one of them sitting on a bed before he goes away. Yes, why don't I remember the scene? I just saw this movie. <laughs> because um, it was 3 hours. <laughs> That's yeah. why. That was not a pro- it was not a prominent scene. It's just like her fourth one. Um <laughs> Okay. Can I tell you the, the cultural reference to that door closing scene that's my favorite and is the one that I thought of immediately? Yes. At uh, the end of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a direct reference to it. I mean, it's so clear that I didn't know it was a reference to anything at the time. It's like such good visual storytelling, but it is like obviously a reference. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's one of those movies. You don't have to be like, like You've Got Mail specifically references The Godfather over and yeah. over and over again. But you don't like it. It's one of those movies that I don't even think everyone who references it necessarily knows they're referencing it. They've just seen it so many times. Like um, lines of dialogue from A Few Good Men have worked their way into my standard like vernacular because um, I've just I've seen it too many times and it's just in there now. And I think some filmmakers do have that with certain movies where it's just kind of in their vocabulary to put Godfatherish stuff <laughs> in. I was wondering how. This is just a piece that is really part of the cinematic vocabulary now. And I wondered how strange it was the first time. The assassination, the like feet and the oranges, like the, the weird way that's shot. Um, it weird, it's yeah. just it's a it's now shooting that mean or like direction that means someone is being assassinated. But um I just wonder how that played the first time. I'd be curious to what to see that scene. And you know, The Godfather is one of those uh, texts that I imagine if you put that into Google, someone wrote a paper about it <laughs> and you can find it because it's one of oh, the most talked about. Yeah. It's like a film yeah. bro movie. Totally. Um, and a they film class love... movie too. Yeah. Well, film bros live in film class. Yes. 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 <laughs> their natural habitat. That is their natural habitat. Yeah. Uh, talking about color corrections, like really their thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm sure someone has, because it is like hyper-analyzable and hyper-analyzed, someone has probably. I, I would say the, the gunshots, are, I think, are, are really great special effects. Um, like the filmmaking was like the best I, I, of, of the era, I imagine. Um, there were shots in the, in the face that we see. Um, tons, like the, the big one in the, at, the, um, at the causeway where he gets shot like a thousand times. Um, like that's, that's a feat in just uh, techni technicality, getting that right and all that. Um, okay. Um, that, and that's subtle. And like, and it wasn't, they're all treated uh, as just like, like if you watch the Irishman recently, it, they were treated like some of those deaths where they were just, it just kind of happened and they go off. And it wasn't a big, like, there wasn't, like, intense music or, like, I don't know. Just, there, it was, it's more quiet thing. It's more natural, I guess, if you will. Okay. Closing <laughs> thoughts about The Godfather. And your closing thoughts need to carry the weight of cinema history on their it's it's a very good movie. I recommend seeing it at least once. Yeah, worth a watch. It's <laughs> worth a watch. Because you really don't understand The Simpsons until you've seen it. <laughs> there you go. It's possible you don't really understand anything until you've seen it. Anything that came after it, you need to have seen The Godfather first. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs>